This is the Five on Five podcast presented by directmusicservice.com. I am Phenom. To my left is Jupiter Williams. To my bottom left is Nick Lopez from Las Vegas. And our special guest today, make some noise for Hotel Garuda. Poggers. Poggers. Wait a minute. Are you calling him a loser by with, with that stick? No, it says... It says, I'm sorry, I'm a loser. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay I like it. <laughs> uh, Azim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I just got back from uh, from getting COVID tested. Your boy is feeling very positive about being negative. Yes, I mean? yes, yes. <laughs> yes, so we're yes. good. We're, we're out, yes. here, out here in the clear. Yes, Made sure I, to get all the housemates tested in time for New Year's Eve. Yes, <laughs> and I saw you hitting the pin, too. So, oh, yes, so you indeed. know it's good. It's, so it, know it's, it's all good. good. It's all, it's all very good. Indeed. I love it. <laughs> uh, what we do here every week is we compare two artists head-to-head, their top five songs as viewed most popular on Spotify. We don't let you know who we're going with until the moment you step into the echo chamber. And I hope you're feeling good about this pick. It's my pick this week. We are going with Drake versus Dr. Dre. Okay. All right. Wait. Okay. Hmm. I can, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can't profess to be a uh, a scholar of either discography. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I'm a Drake stand. Honest. Okay. So this is gonna be interesting. Fair enough. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I know more about Drake than I do about Dr. Dre, which probably sounds like blasphemy to most people my age. But yeah. I feel like just because. Uh, I feel like my exposure to rap music was so limited when I was growing up because I mostly listened to like dad rock and like prog metal and shit <laughs> and, and like didn't really grow up listening to anything. The only rap music I listened to was like, I think I had 50 Cent The Massacre and I had like one or two Eminem albums that my dad had in his CD case and never let me listen to because they were, you know, explicit or whatever. But, but I feel like because I grew up at the time when Drake sort of started popping off, I feel like I know Hey, real, real quick, move your mic up a little bit more. There Is that better? Go. Yeah, that's a lot Perfect. better. There we go. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yes. It started to trail off, and I thought you were getting taken away by the wave. Wait. I'm back. I'm here. I'm here. I was gonna. I was gonna toss you a volleyball. <laughs> I've been taking so many Zoom meetings, like with this beach background going on and shit. And people are like, "Are you? Are you at home?" I'm like. I'm very at home. Trust very. me. <laughs> I made myself at home. <laughs> it's it's funny to me that somebody would be convinced by this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, look, I'll be real with you. I'll be real with you. Like, a couple of times my grandparents have seen me playing video games. I used to play FIFA a lot, and they'd be like, what are you watching? <laughs> like, who's, who's playing right now? I'm like, that could. this could be me in 30 years. I could be watching my grandkids play a game that I think is real life. Yes, absolutely. That very <laughs> That's true. fair. That's yeah. fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. They're getting clean and... Dude, for real. Are yeah, you guys gamers? Are I you guys big that. gamers? Yes. So-so. Uh, yeah, I am. So-so, so, any, yes. any of you guys played Cyberpunk yet? You know what? It's off of um, PS PlayStation, so no, I haven't yet. Same. Right. They took it off. 
They took it off of, uh, of PlayStation because it's just they just said fuck you to everyone who owns a current generation console. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. In my poor like, ass oh. right now. <laughs> They're like, oh, you don't have a top tier PC? Sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I felt too. I was like, all right, Dude, fuck it. It's rough, man. Oh man. Anyway, <laughs> I do want to play Cyberpunk though. I'm really, I'm really excited to play that game. Yeah. very sick. Oh, totally. We will we will get into that because I have a lot of video game questions, actually. Oh, what? You're Please. saying that we can't get into it right now? <laughs> We're about to get into this battle right now. Okay, fair enough. Let's go. <laughs> um, round number one, gentlemen. Laugh Now, Cry Later from Drake or Still Dre by Dr. Dre? Oh, yeah. Okay. Spotify algorithms, they're going to put all of Drake's new popular stuff up. Dang it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whoever wants to start on this one. Uh, like I said, this is not really my wheelhouse, but I kind of like that because I can. It means I can just kind of, I can just kind of spout whatever pseudo scientific shit comes to my head, and it might it might work out. Yeah. It might not. Um, for the for the, you know, for the sake of argument, I'm gonna listen to this song at the same time. Oh, I know this song. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. For a second, I didn't know which song you were talking about. That's how little I listen to Drake. Um, I love this song, though. The song is fire. Laugh, Not Cry Later is, is a banger, for sure. Okay. Are you picking that over Dr. Dre? <sighs> I don't know. Still, Drake kind of feels much more iconic than Laugh, Not Cry Later. It doesn't feel... Laugh, Not Cry Later doesn't feel like an artist-defining song the same way that Still, Dre is an artist-defining song. Travis has thrown up the rock. Uh, interestingly enough, it's not interesting. I don't know what that means. If you if you know the history of this song, it's not interesting. Oh wait, yeah, no, it. it I totally understand why. Because Hove wrote "Still Dre." Yes, yeah. he did. Yes, he did. I didn't know that, and yeah. now I do. I'm gonna yeah. go with "Still Dre" for that one. Even even um, though even though Drake Drake shot uh, laugh now cry later at B in Beaverton Oregon at the Nike campus where I used to work at um, and at the employee store where I used to shop at a lot I still do shop there it's a it's a bad store to shop at because everything is half off or forty percent off and it's amazing and it's like walking into heaven of shoes and mm -hmm. Nike socks. Gear. Nike campus. Yes. Last time I was out there, I went to the Nike campus. Colin took me, and I cannot wait to go back when COVID isn't a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bought so many socks at that store when I was on tour there like a year ago, year and a half ago. I love it. I think I, fa so I found sick. out because one of the people I was touring with, his, uh, I think his classmate or something worked at that store. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, we got you guys, you know, the, the, the what is it the day pass or like yeah, the yeah mm -hmm. right? yep and so i don't think i've ever spent that much money on socks right. in my life right like you got it yeah i got socks for me i got them for my dad i got them for my brother i got them for my girlfriend like dad wanted some like running gear i was like all right you know i'm gonna have to ship this to singapore somehow but like <laughs> you know i'm just gonna send you pictures of all these things just tell me which ones you want yes <laughs> say less that's how it say is less. That's yeah. how it is. I hit up. I couldn't go that day, so I hit up Nick. I said, "Hey, find me these shoes or these shoes or these shoes." That's yeah. how it is. <laughs> Whenever somebody goes to an employee store, it's like, "Oh, you're going? Here's a list of stuff that I need." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm notoriously a Drake hater. Okay. And 
this is one of the songs that's been making me like maybe it's not that bad oh i genuinely okay. like this song okay. okay i like this song not more than i like dre though okay, okay. the chronic 2000 is it 2001 or is it just 2000 oh uh, what chronic 2000 the album is called The Chronic 2000, right? Or is it The Chronic 2001? Man, I thought it was just called The Chronic. Well, the uh, second one. Oh, okay, okay. 2001. 2001, yeah, yeah, 2001. Why am so, I spacing that? This album is like, you know, it's like, it's one of my favorite hip hop albums ever. So, Still DRE is a classic for fourth grade Neek. <laughs> yes. That's fair. You're, you're going to get a lot of nostalgia uh, nostalgia from Dr. Dre's side of things tonight. Um, not so with, much Drake, right? Not so much Drake, no. Okay. I think it's because, like, he lives... I think because Drake is in an era where, like, people make... People have, like, memorable associations to songs in different uh, contexts than they did probably 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, when I think of... Like, when I listen to On Fire by Lloyd Banks, for example, just, just to throw you... Give you, like, a completely out of nowhere right when i think of that i know exactly where i was sitting in my friend's tv room or whatever watching the music video and like calling into this channel on tv to request the music video like that's a specific memory i have but any memories i have of drake songs are like what viral video did i see this in yeah or like what tiktok dance was made to this song yeah. Like, I feel like kids are going to remember it like that versus remembering, like, specific nostalgic moments and, like, yeah. remembering where you were, who you were with when these songs played around you, I guess. Oh, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll give that to Dre, then. Um, okay. That one will go to Dre. Let's take it to round two here. Ooh, it's going to be some features tonight from Drake. Um, pop star featuring Drake versus the next episode. Dr. Dre. Bro, this is not even close. Yeah, man. <laughs> not yeah. even close. It has to be Drake. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to see your face. <laughs> um, I, I'm a notorious DJ Khaled hater. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I don't think I have... I mean, I, I don't think I'm uh, one of a few. I think I've, there's a lot of DJ Khaled haters, so I feel like there's a lot out there. I feel like uh, DJ Khaled is a brand, and as such, the song might as well just be a Drake song. Um, and, and also, yeah, yeah. yeah, like I'm just not, I'm not like a Drake head, maybe I'm not a Drake stan, so like, this is not a song that's on any of the playlists that I carry into the next year. Sure, sure. What about yeah. you guys? Um, for, for me, yeah, it feels like, this feels like a Drake uh, song that he had in the vault that Khaled was like, yo, I need to finish this album or I need to put out a song. I'm on the hook with uh, with Epic to put out some music. Can you throw me a couple songs? Here's Popstar, here's Grease, here you go. And uh, which, you know, of course, since it's Khaled and since it's Drake, since Drake is like a cheat code when it comes to music and hot music, you know, it, it rose to the charts. And the video is great. I love the video with having uh, Justin Bieber in it, uh, you know, going to sleep, having a dream that he was Drake, you know, running through the house uh, with all his boys and girls and stuff. Love the video concept and uh, with that. But 
yo, five seconds into the next episode, man, you already know. Yeah, you already know you what's already going on. Oh, it, yeah. it's like that that song, and you know, back that ass up. You know, right, right mm-hmm. when you hear those chords, it's yeah, it's yeah. like that Prince Harry. It's over. You know, when, once that song comes on, he's he's out of his chair and he's running. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um, uh, Dre. This is the other Drake song that I've liked. Oh, <laughs> what? Me? The last two singles I've been, I like. And that's the first time I've ever like heard a Drake song and been like. And I'm usually like automatic, fuck this. Um, but man, this this is. Yeah. Pinnacle rap. Yeah. Rap, it's Dre all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a song that I just think is cool and don't hate is not going to compete with this. Yeah. yeah. Right. You right. know the West Coast is back for you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I went to, I was at the up, I wanted to go to, I remember being pissed that I couldn't go to Up and Smoke and yeah, the homie brought me a shirt <laughs> and I was like hyped. I yeah. was trip walking in the fourth grade. Yeah, see, there we go. Let's go, me. <laughs> Little me. Yes. Smoke weed every day at the end. It's like legendary. Yeah. yeah. Iconic. That defined yeah. defined a sound, defined an energy. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. I was oh, like, I was like, smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> and your yeah. parents are like, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how that works <laughs> out for him. <laughs> I remember when I didn't know that that was part of the song. Oh, what's the version? I heard it and I was like, oh, turn oh, yeah, that down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before I get this taken away. Yeah. Um, that'll be another sh- sweep for Dre. Yeah, that's another one. Um, let's take it to three. Three's a little bit better, I think. Life is good, Drake and Future versus Forgot About Dre. Yo, Forgot About Dre. Okay. Forgot About Dre. I mean, I do love Life is Good, working on the weekend like usual, and then the switch up with Future, mm-hmm. what was great, and just goes into straight Future trap and just forget about anything that Drake did, and then yeah. right back into the song. I love that, and I just love them having fun in the video. The video's great. Yeah. yeah, the video is phenomenal. Uh, I think, like you said, it's. I think it's that Future feature, that Future switch up that makes that song not ordinary, right? right? Right. And it, otherwise, it would have just been any other Drake song. But yeah. then Future comes in and says absolutely outlandish shit like yes. he always does. Yeah. Speaking the most random, like, psychotic yeah. shit that he always does. And then after every bar, he's like, Hoo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that part. But, but forget about Dre. Forget about Dre. It's like, you, you never heard Dre rap that type of rap. Hmm. Right. And then not only was he rapping about that type of rap, he was saying some shit that was sunning everybody in rap. And he's even sunning Eminem in it. But right. it comes so fire with it by talking about burning down a house. Wait, let me let me interrupt you guys. Did Dr. Dre have to wrap up to Eminem's level on this one, do you guys think? Well, whoever wrote it for it, Who wrote it? Wrote, I feel like M probably wrote it. it. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah, I think M wrote it too. I, if I okay, had wait to, to to interject, right? Okay, wait. So I have a question about the format of this uh, inspection, right? Of this inspection of five songs across five across different artists. Yeah. 
would you would you agree that because Dr. Dre has had these hits of his come out so much longer ago that they've had a lot more time to marinate and as such his top five is more reflective of what his top five uh absorbed songs are his top five most appreciated songs are versus someone like drake whose top five changes every six months yes I mean, yeah and that's the beauty about this this battle right is because you know we're we're going against spotify's algorithm Mm, okay. Not our personal choice, but yeah. our personal choice comes in what Spotify's algorithm has given us. Yeah. So okay. With Drake, stuff, I feel Drake, that though. You're right. Like you're, and you're in some right. matchup scenarios, you want to give it to like people that are kind of like contemporaries to each other. Um, but in this scenario, um, like Drake has been making hits, like big hits, for like sure. 15 years now. Um, but um. I mean, like I, the last Dre hit, the last album was great. I don't remember the last Dre cool, album. Years ago. Like the last Dre album was good. It was Compton? was it Doctor's Advocate? Oh, Compton, that's Compton. what it was called. Yeah. And okay. that was like a minute ago now, like five years ago now, but it was huge. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, Drake made a song probably yesterday that hit. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. While we're um, this, there will be a new Drake song dropping. Yeah. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, there'll be a new Drake. Song I just got a Spotify noca- notification. Drake just dropped a song, and it's already <laughs> yeah. at the number one. It's already. That's how it is. Um, my pick, Dre. This is the first time I heard Eminem. Okay. Oh, and, I heard uh, I heard this song okay. a lot later in my life, so, but I'd still go Dre for sure. Okay. Damn, this is all fourth grade. This is like big aftermath. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's another sweep for Dr. Yeah, that's another sweep. I mean, Dre, Dre and M wrote this song. I'm pretty sure M wrote his verses. So that that's why you get the cadence that, that Dre is spitting like. And yeah, so I never, we've never heard Dre spit like that. So yeah, so it's tough. It this is a great, that's a fucking solid song. Not one aged. Yeah. Like, well, a lot of songs like age from that era, you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one's still palatable. Four. Let's take it to four here, uh, gentlemen. This might be another sweep. <laughs> Drake, Grease, or Dr. Dre? Nothing but a G thing. Dang it! What was, what was Drake's song? Grease. Uh, I love Grease. Get Khaled and Drake. I love Grease. I love Grease, and I heard and I've heard a version of Grease without DJ Khaled on it, and it sounds even better. <laughs> it does. But I don't know G thing, man. I like that. And that sample too. (laughs) The sample is. Are you going Drake? Drake's been on a roll for me right now. (laughs) I like Grease. Grease is one of my favorite. It's not my my pick at all. It's one of my. I love the song. This isn't my like as far as like this round, not even close. But I I like Grease. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna have to go Dre. Okay. Grease right. is very is very relevant at the times for for guys that that fly girls out because <laughs> that's what the song. It's some sick ass. It is shit that I don't fuck with. Like it's it, what's weird. This is that's crazy. You say that because this these are the type of songs that make me hate Drake. Fair. Like the, Fair. this is why I hate Drake because he's as on a that person. Bullshit. Certified lover boy. He's a certified simp. Soft. <laughs> 
oh, tissue man. paper. Yo. Like, this is not how I like my wrappers. Kleenex on the <laughs> nightstand type guy. Yeah, I don't like this shit. Flying <laughs> girls out. But. Taking them, buying them person. But. But. You know what's funny? There's probably such a, there's a very specific small subset of people that relate to this song so hard. Oh yeah. And it's it's all, I, I promise you, it's 100% DJs who have seen a little bit of money, like uh, enough to like fly a person out one time, but not to buy them anything. Like you can pay for their yeah. air ticket, but but they're paying for their bags. They're paying for the luggage. You know what yeah, I mean? all their, that, all their other that... shit they're on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the text, the text. Yeah, that specific set of people relates to the song like... so hard. The, the, yep, <laughs> like to feel like they're balling. The, the text it, it bothers me. It bothers me because like there was a time when this shit wasn't tight. Like this wasn't something to brag about, and now Drake does it, and all of a sudden, like, oh, I flew her out and I bought her a bag. That makes and you all a of a sudden you're like a hater. <laughs> now you're looking like, like a hater. Yeah. Now I sound like a hater because I'm like that shit is not that's not what <laughs> players do, dog. That's not. <laughs> He's like, why don't you fly me out, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck that shit. Fly me out, dog. Hi, let's have a conversation. Fly me out. Let's have a conversation about player fly etiquette. Me a bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Take me out to dinner, Drake. Look <laughs> 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 uh, Oh man. That's another sweep for Dr. Dre. Yeah, man. This is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You see, Drake is one of those titans where a lot of people say, "I don't know who can go toe to toe with Doctor Dr- or with Drake." And so far, well, it's it's like like we said, it's what Spotify has given us. Exactly. But I take back. I don't like Greece anymore. Oh, I talk myself oh, out of it. Okay, listen to you. Now, okay, here we go. Now I can't listen to that. Shit. Here we go. Now you really sound like a hater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I talked myself out of it. I can't listen to that. Neek did the refundable ticket. I'm not coming. I changed my mind. Yeah. I changed my mind. I'm not flying out to Greece. Get out of here. <laughs> to um, be with you, Aubrey, really? Yeah, really? right. <laughs> Let's take it to round number five. Um, this round is a shit show. There's no way for me to make it any easier. Drake, slide. Travis, your favorite. Wait a minute, which one? Juicy slide. Okay. Or Dr. Dre, I need a doctor, featuring Eminem and Skylar Gray. Oh God. Juicy slide. Oh. Juicy slide. This one. How can dance like Michael Jackson? I would. Yeah, I would give it. I would give it to Juicy Slide only because of that line. That's literally but, like the only reason. I can't stand that Dr. Dre song. I hate it. Like yeah, it's, same. It just seems like the age-old uh, tale of let's make this thing that was cool tw- like ten years ago, but then add three or four things in that are popular today. Yeah. You know, it felt like it was phoned in. Yeah, yeah. When, and when you add Skylar Gray to a track, you're you're gonna get the the big commercial crossover song. You're gonna right. get the song that's gonna be in the big Hollywood um, summer blockbuster movie. Um, Did it work? Obviously, I mean it's in the top five. I guess it worked. 
I would argue that Tootsie Slide did an even better job because it made itself, it's, it made its way into so many TikTok videos and therefore made its way into so many other people's ears. Yeah. That was that the would point. Maybe not have, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. that's like, I feel like it's, they're both means to an end type songs, but just different means to different ends, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's exactly what I was, what I meant when I say that yeah. was the point. Like both of these songs are just like cash grabs and mm -hmm. yeah. I hate them both. Can I not vote? Dre won. No Dre, won. Dre wins regardless of who. Dre does win. Dre won, one, right? wins. Yeah. I hate this round. I hate both I, of these songs. <laughs> See, Tootsie Slide came out at the right time too when everybody was at home, locked mm -hmm. in, you know, put this song on, give them something to do. And yeah. he, he gives it's, you the directions. It's just like the Tootsie Roll. Just, yeah. you know. It's the Macarena. It's, yeah. it's all these songs. And I'm for it too because, you know. It's the, the twist. And it's, I love the video. It's 2020's twist. Yeah. Yes. It's, yes. It's crazy to me that, like, in 2020, of, I mean, of course, like, it's basically the early 2000s all over again, where we're making songs that are clearly commercial grab bags. Um, like, the fact that, like, this was the first, like, TikTok dances and songs were a thing. If it was a popular song, somebody was going to make a dance out of it. But this is the first time I heard a song that was made intended for people yes. to for make a dance on yeah. tiktok yeah. for and it was making me sick i um I, this isn't like palatable music it's, it's i love it i love it's it. a commercial it's like, an, it's, yeah it's, it's an ad it's an ad it. that's not like it's not a song it's, it's it made ad, me feel so it made me feel you know i i relate to this dude i i get it like i i i feel the same thing i think you're feeling every time fucking Jason Derulo pops up on TikTok. I'm oh. like, why, bro? Like, why? Like, it's him with whatever like 16 year old is popular on TikTok that and that Will week Smith. or that month or whatever. And Will Smith, of course. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I'm I'm just like, please be more blatant, please. Yeah. I dare you. I just I just yeah, love I, I just yeah. love Titchy Sly because Drake came and stunned on everybody in the game, showed off his house. Was wearing a mask in his house, danced throughout his damn house, and then went out to his backyard and lit off fireworks. Like everybody was, and that's crazy. <laughs> everybody was doing. Why was fireworks a thing? That that's a different podcast. I. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a Oh no! You're cutting out. Different content. You're cutting out. You're cutting out. <laughs> you're cutting out. We missed. I said. I said. That. I said that was egregious on another level. It's like in a different context entirely. Oh yeah. Yeah, 100. percent That's yes. a that's a deep layer to this onion. Yes. That I will spare everyone from. <laughs> We're not even going to the songs that we thought should be on here because the list is so fucking long. The list is crazy right. long. I mean, um, come on, at least put Chicago freestyle on it. There's, there's something from so far gone. I feel like should be on Drake's the whole top. views album, maybe the whole take care album. There's there's a million songs that we could yeah. put on. Yeah, we're gonna take you Azim straight into the lightning round. Um, a lightning round is going to be a this or that. You can give as much information or as little information about your pick as you choose. Okay. Simply just shout your pick, and we will keep it moving. Um, first, we will ask you Jay-Z or Bruce Springsteen? Springsteen. Trick Daddy. I'll, I'll sorry, wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll elaborate. I'll elaborate. 
Elaborate. Okay. <laughs> Just because Jupiter is throwing up, throwing up the, the, the triangle right now. Um, <laughs> he won't I had, stop. <laughs> I said it. I said at the start of the. I said at the start of the recording that I grew up listening to like Americana, like yeah. the Eagles, and like yeah. that sort of. Um, I don't know that that kind of vibe, that kind of energy is really what inspired me to go into making music to begin with, and I feel like. I have phases, I have like a month at a time where I'll listen to like the same four rap songs on repeat for the whole month. But then after that, I kind of always find home base listening to the Stones or Springsteen or Dire Straits, things like that. Like real dad rock shit, you know what I mean? Like the, the shit that our dads and like our older cousins and stuff were, were smoking weed to back in the days. Mm-hmm. Um, the Home Depot playlist. The Home Depot playlist, the Lowe's. Fucking <laughs> rinsers, the rinse and repeaters. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's fair, man, and we respect that opinion. Uh, Trick Daddy or Gucci Mane? Gucci Mane. Ludicrous or Juvenile? That's hard. Uh, that's tough. I would say Ludicrous only because I know more of his work. Okay. Um, I think that uh, growing up outside of America was. Uh, it kind of tinted my lens with how I how I view like pop music from America anyway. Like, I probably heard less than five percent of the songs that were popular at the time they were popular in America. Like, I probably heard them years later. Like, I'm talking like three, four, five years later. I didn't hear back that ass up for the first time until I was a freshman in college here, mm. and that was in 2011. Wow. Like, wow. So, super distorted, super completely distorted. But I knew so much about Ludacris because, um, of course, he was in the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, I know that he was one of the first. He was one of the first rappers that I recognized that was like making cool music and also kind of cool doing this acting shit. Mm-hmm. Like it was him and Andre 3000 were the only people I knew that did that in that in that space. Um, I would have to go Ludacris because just because of how many times. The, when he says, right, how many times that sample has been used and how much that sample haunts me, I will give it to Ludacris for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, playing into your likes here, Weezer or Blink-182? Blink-182. I feel like uh, I never got into Weezer, probably just, I just didn't have the didn't have the attention span for it, but I thought? did you're get still, into... You're chilling on an island in the sun right now. <laughs> right. Dad, um, dad joke. I feel like I feel like I feel like even those even that sort of moment in music like where Fall Out Boy, Paramore, Blink One Eighty Two, all these bands had like specific uh, like a, t- a time period where that was the only thing anyone I knew listened to, mm-hmm. and as such, I don't think I got into like either of their discographies, and I never sort of listened to albums start to finish. I would only ever get like the bootleg uh, compilation CDs that were sold at, you know, the mall that you would buy fake video games at, because um, that's like the majority of the time, the majority of sort of digital media I consumed would be bought at these malls where they would literally have like vats of CDs and they were selling them for like a dollar a CD, and it would just be compilations of anything. Like you could you could literally like go up to a dude and he would hand you like you know those like CD folders with a oh, zip yeah. on him, yeah. right? He would hand you one of those with like 500 CD, 500 like fake PlayStation 2 games on it. And he would be like, yeah, take your pick. They're a dollar each. 
Right? And the same would be true for music. And like some of the stores, even like some of the legit stores in, in where, where I lived in Jakarta, a lot of times you would buy a CD from there and it wouldn't be an actual like recording from a recording company. It would be just some person who like paid to have this compilation made and sold copies of it. And so, like, I have I have random compilations of like pop punk shit of like you know '80s like old school jams or whatever, and I can't find them. I can't like metadata like tag my shit like an obsessive compulsive maniac like I want to, because these compilations don't actually exist. Like, they're just somebody's right. playlist that was burned to a CD and sold with a sticker on it. Yeah. Just like for real bootlegs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's sick though. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, Blink-182, Blink yeah, long story short, Blink-182 for sure. I love okay. it. Uh, Mariah or Whitney? Hmm. Gotta say, not super familiar with either one of them in the sort of, like, I don't know any of their hits off like the top of my head, except for I know Mariah Carey, the, the Chris, she's big with Christmas. I know she's big in Christmas celebrating communities uh i support that um i feel like i have more sort of like legacy appreciation for whitney houston because i feel like so much of her shit has been remixed and flipped and sampled and like uh was there the wasn't there the whole drama about how like pusha t like yes didn't he use like a picture of her like yeah. vanity or something on his cover yeah, yeah. yes um yeah that's that was fucking brutal that was metal as fuck but um yeah <laughs> I think uh, I would give it to Whitney because I feel like Mariah Carey is more of just like a basic commercial uh, act, whereas Whitney Houston sounds more, um, sounds like there's more substance. I don't know. Sure, okay. sure. Um, they don't get easier from here. Let me ask you, Prince or Michael Jackson? Fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here it is. There, oh, it is. there it is. This is what you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> a man. Why did you? Why would you do this to me? Um. All right. I don't know. I don't know if I should answer this as like as a as a producer, as an artist, or as some just a listener of music. Because the, the answer the varies. The the answer varies either way. Okay. So, so as an artist, uh, Prince because man was the absolute kaleidoscopic uh manifestation of artistic ability because like man did everything produced wrote he he was just that kind of person michael jackson obviously like you know had a lot of people write with him write for him um and as such his music has a more refined perhaps quality to it and you know it's I guess like it's art by committee done really really well like Michael Jackson to me is like the perfect pop product like I don't think anyone's ever gonna come close to that I don't think anyone has come close to it since maybe Drake maybe but even then he doesn't have like he doesn't have he can't dance like Michael Jackson you know what I mean he raps about it but that's what he's famous for he's famous for rapping about shit he's not famous for being like uh, an all-encompassing sort of superstar so as a as a listener of music, as a fan of personas, as a fan of, you know, people who strike something of an iconic tone as people, Michael Jackson, maybe. And that's only because he was just sheerly massive. And even then, I still have to find a little bit of conflict in myself and say maybe Prince, because Prince was also a bad motherfucker. Perhaps the baddest of all motherfuckers. The purple one cannot go... Um, 
cannot go underspoken about in that regard. I think that if not for Prince, the the community that we have, the community that has grown of people who make their own music and people who were forced to do different jobs than they would normally do in the music making process, I don't feel like that work ethic and that workflow sort of would have been accelerated as much if not for people like Prince. So as a creative, as an artist, Prince, but as a sales product, as someone who can be sold to anyone, anywhere, Michael Jackson. I like that. I like that. I love that. That was yeah. great. Yeah. You will get a unanimous thumbs up from uh, all three of us. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> uh, we will dive up out of the water for a sec with this one. Madonna or Britney Spears? Uh, Britney Spears. Okay. Uh, more recent hits. Sure. Uh, Tupac or Biggie? Uh, again, blasphemy, but I never grew up listening to either one. I feel like even my understand my appreciation for that is probably still yet to blossom. I know, again, I know like three of their each of their famous songs or whatever. I don't, I can't claim to be an expert on either. But from what I've heard, Biggie, I would th I would say, okay, in uh, my in my limited fair. experience. No. <laughs> I love that you're like kind of inexperienced in that. That's I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to listen Dang. to Ready to Die for the first time. Yeah, mm. yeah. takes notes. Uh, we'll, we'll take <laughs> we'll take you into your field on this one. Beatles or Beach Boys? Beatles, because because not every Beatles song is great, but every Beatles song is a perfect song. Ooh, oh, because okay. because because they had to okay. I have again, as a, as an all doing all things creative. Um, what the fuck is his name for the Beach Boys? Um, Brian, Brian Wilson. Wilson. Brian Brian Wilson. Yeah, um, I think he was obviously like the, the real force behind that band. Sure. Um, but I think the Beatles just had four of him, yeah. and they all kind of just. They, it was like a perfect. Uh, a zeitgeist is that the right mm -hmm. word yeah, it is. Yeah. um it's just a collision of so many different incredibly talented creative people that you could only get perfection from them i feel like i've listened to i've definitely listened to more beatles than i have listened to the beach boys um but i feel like anytime i listen to the beatles i feel like i hear something new in songs that i've heard a lot of times and it's even more crazy to me that the the unremastered versions of the Beatles stuff, like the, the stuff that's only mixed in mono left and right, um, before they obviously did all the remasters in the nineties or whatever, right? Um the unremastered stuff sounds better than the remastered stuff to me. And it's more distinct, it's more unique. It doesn't have that like spackle of commercial production put on it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know, I feel like I feel like Beach Boys, as far as songwriting, definitely is up there with the Beatles. And I think that songwriting-wise, phenomenal songs both ways. But you can't like the Beatles just had just the sheer number of phenomenal songs, and the fact that they're just like songwriting machines. Can't I can't say much about uh, much wrong about that. Sure. Beatles. Okay. Um, keeping it in the same neighborhood here, Phil Collins or George Michael. Ooh, okay. This would have been a good question to ask my dad. 
Um, <laughs> get, let, let me, should I get should I get him on FaceTime? Let me get him on FaceTime real quick. Oh, this would be great. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's noon in Singapore, so that's a that's good. Um, let me call him. Blew some shit. <laughs> hey, um, I'm on my I'm on my friend's podcast right now, so we're recording a like an interview thing, and they're asking me there if I had to pick between. Phil Collins and George Michael, and why? Right. So I said this would be a good question to ask you. Um, what would you th What would you say, Phil Collins or George Michael, and why? Phil Collins, that was easy. Okay. Why? Virtuosity, uh, range of music, not just the chick flick stuff. Okay. All right. All right. Good to know. Good to know. I will. I will. Uh, I'll pass on the. I'll pass on the comments. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, he can he can play everything, do everything. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Beatles Fair are, enough. Beatles or Beach Boys? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. second question: Beatles or Beach Boys? Beatles. He said Beatles too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We can continue. We can uh, continue this discussion in a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to recording. All right, I love you. Bye bye. <laughs> um, he said he he said Phil Collins um, because of the same reason that I said Prince. Just he could do everything, could perform every function, um, and in his words, not just the chick flick stuff. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. George Michael also had bangers. Yeah, Several exactly. bangers, both of them had bangers, but production from a production like musicality standpoint, Phil Collins is almost untouched, like untouched. Sure, yeah, that's fair. Um, this might be one sided, might not be Jimi Hendrix or Carlos Santana. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this one. Yes, oh, that's tough. That's tough, and you and I know. Oh, you know how tough this is for me too. <laughs> uh, I know you. Know okay. Uh, this is hard too. Okay, so anyone who knows that I played guitar slash learned guitar will hate me if I don't say Hendrix, but but I will say Santana because I think Santana had a bigger influence on me as a aspiring guitar player when i was younger um i think it happened at the right time where his music like his newer sort of like pop leaning music was coming out around the same time as i was learning how to play guitar and it was like happening in sync with that that i was like hearing all these songs that i wanted to to learn how to play and learn how they worked and that obviously can't be said for Jimi hendrix because he was long gone before i before I got into his uh, his music properly, and even then, I don't think that I I don't think I ever really gave a chance to Hendrix mm -hmm. as much as I maybe should have as a student of the guitar. Um, Santana to me was always easy to get into. Like I never had to like think about it. Like I never. It's it's not like like it never felt like smart music, quote unquote. You know what I mean? It never felt like thinky music to me, even though it's beautiful and like you know melodically complex at times i think older santana stuff also phenomenal like the the more i get into his music the more i dive 
further back into his discography and you know trying to find videos of him playing at Woodstock with uh whenever he when he played Soul Sacrifice at Woodstock I watch that video every now and then I just got goosebumps think, thinking about it um, <laughs> I watch that video every now and then if, if I feel like I should you know if I get need to get my ass back in gear like to practice guitar and stuff like I watch videos like that of Santana but I don't find myself watching videos like that of Hendrix okay. you know so sure. I would say Santana <laughs> Sure. I got two more in the lightning round, and we're going to switch directions again on you. Okay. Uh, let me ask ACDC or Guns N' Roses? Mmm. Mmm. Um, <laughs> twiddles thumbs with excitement. Um, I would say Guns N' Roses as well, because I don't think... Uh, I don't think Guns N' Roses were so far removed from my coming of age as an appreciator of that kind of music as acdc were maybe so i felt like guns and roses felt a little more contemporary to me felt like it applied um it felt more resonant with me and like the kind of energy i had when i was a kid the kind of emotions i had um i think the first guns and roses song i ever heard was probably sweet child of mine and then like obviously appetite for destruction that whole album is in rock canon of course but I appreciate that as the the evolution of the band transpired, as the human relationships changed, the music took on an entirely different tone. It, it, so, it started sounding more epic and more conceptual and more progressive. Like, I love that. I love Use Your Illusions. I love both the Use Your Illusions albums more than I love Appetite for Destruction, even though Appetite for Destruction has a very special place in my heart. Um, I have endless admiration for people like Slash and Izzy Stradlin and Axl Rose as songwriters. Um, and I think for me, the natural progression from like the first, the first things I heard growing up were like Alan Parsons project. Like that's what I remember being on in the car stereo on my way home from school when my dad would pick me up or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I felt like the later Guns N' Roses stuff was a sort of like, it was almost like a, a good, progression for me to, to sort of listen to these two different things back to back um acdc has a very distinct sound i'll say i think that they are for better or worse kind of a one-trick pony but they do that they do ride they do that one trick they really really trick well right. yeah they do the trick really really well so they fulfill their value proposition really really well but they only have one of them and sure. i don't think that the same can be said for guns and roses guns and roses has a much wider spectrum of kinds of songs like i think the i think the first guns N' roses song that blew my mind was estranged like that's one of my favorite that's probably my favorite song of theirs of their whole discography and i don't know if if a lot of people share the same sentiment because because the obvious ones are sweet child of mine paradise city things like that um but yeah i think that's like something i respect as a as musicians too it's like they they kept changing up their sound they kept switching it up to reflect they're, you know, changing selves. They're changing relationships. I like that. Cool. Hold on, Colin. I I, I got one for him. Oh. Off the cuff. Definitely off the cuff. Mm. Okay. Um, and I don't think this will be in any of our, um, any of our five on five. So, okay. Uh, I just want to hear his his take on this because I, I think he'll have a good take on this. So, uh, Les Zeppelin or Rush? Oh. 
God damn oh, it, man. I've been waiting for the white guess for that. Guess for that. I'm so glad you asked that. God damn it, bro. Okay. All right. I have thoughts about this. So, also not, again, I got to preface this by saying I didn't listen to Rush as okay. much as I listened to Zeppelin. Because okay. I feel like I kind of overlooked Rush when I went from listening to, like, 80s hair metal and then immediately into, like, uh, more modern, like, prog math metal, like, tech metal type music. Somewhere along the way, I skipped over the sort of uh, adjacent parts of music like Dream Theater and Rush. I didn't get to Dream Theater and Rush until after I heard all these people who were influenced by them. And then, like, saw that in every single interview, they'd be like, oh, John Petrucci from Dream Theater is my favorite guitarist. Or, you know, Alex Lifeson from Rush is my favorite guitarist or whatever. Mm. And... So I got into it later on. I think Russia's stuff is a little conceptually heavy and heady for me. Okay. And, you know, sometimes I like that. Like, sometimes I like the sort of, like, epic hero saga conceptual stories mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I love Coheed and Cambria. Like, I loved all of their albums that were made a story, right? Love them. I love that. Um, I don't think I dug into Rush maybe as much as I should have. But Led Zeppelin, I feel like I can say comfortably Led Zeppelin over Rush because, um, again, tremendous respect for the individuals who play in the band as mm -hmm. well because Jimmy Page, astrophysicist type yeah. type dude, right? Yeah. Um, he revolutionized guitar playing, guitar songwriting, guitar production. Um, I think as far as sonic innovators go, uh, Led Zeppelin is, again, in a strata of their own i would say um i was it's funny i was just listening to on my way home to, to record this i was listening to the the nine inch nails cover of immigrant song mm -hmm. because i saw the girl with the dragon tattoo and the, like the intro song is this nine inch nails cover and i was like yeah. wow this is the only cover i've heard that's actually good yeah. because people will try to imitate and people will try to replicate the sound and energy that led zeppelin have you you guys know that brand uh greta van fleets greta van fleet yeah Right, they're, they're popularly just... known as Dead Zeppelin or Bread oh, Zeppelin, yeah. Or, yeah. or you know, Diet Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so like, people have shown that that sound is, it's possible to recreate it, but you can't make something for the first time again. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yeah. so mm -hmm. I think that even Led Zeppelin had like a great uh, sense of progression from their albums. Every album sounded like its own thing within. Mm -hmm. A larger evolutionary story of what Led Zeppelin was as a band, so I would say Zeppelin for sure. Okay, Colin, I got one more. Run I'm it. Sorry. I'm sorry, I got one okay. more. Okay, but it's got to be a this or that, and then we're gonna take it to the big question. Fair, fair. fair. This yeah. or that, Peter Frampton or John Bon Jovi? Uh, not super familiar with Peter Frampton's work, so I would have okay. to go Bon Jovi okay. just because of the number of hits I okay. have memorized from my childhood okay <laughs> call it uh listen to frampton comes alive it's one of the greatest yes. records ever recorded amazing the live copies. the live version i'll mail you a copy on vinyl if you have a record okay everyone, yeah i do actually yeah everyone needs that record it's fucking yeah, i have it on vinyl too and then we will bring you back on the show and talk about peter frampton awesome sounds yeah. good holy mother yeah. that um we like to wrap up the lightning round with this question. It's gross. Everyone hates us for it. Outcast or Hall and Oates? 
Fuck. <laughs> bro. <laughs> this is mean, bro. What do you mean, Outcast or Hollow Notes, man? I'm physically uncomfortable thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Good job, boys. We'll see you later. Take yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit. Um, okay. Okay. Let me say. Let me say what I like about each one right before I pick, <laughs> so I can so I can sound like I have a decision to make, right? So I can like I, that I that I'm at all capable of reaching a decision on this. Anyway. Um, Outcast, like I was saying about rap music, didn't get into it until I was a freshman in college. Like I did, I didn't get into anything besides Speaker Box and The Love Below because that was the one CD I had at home, and that had uh, the way you move, and it had um, Hey Ya right on it. Um, those two songs were so big that I was like, oh, this song is cool. I could listen to it over and over again, but I don't think I got into the back end of their dis uh, discography until a lot later. Um, Hall and Oates. How, where do you start with Hall and Oates? Like, every song bangs ultimately hard. Like, and they're mixed so well. They're mixed in an era that, 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 that is just a forgotten era of how people made music and how people came to adopt. Like, they, they perfectly crossed over between analog and digital music making and, and, and music production, right? Don't they have a... Didn't their drum machine win a Grammy? Like... <laughs> like th there's an award to, to one of the drum machines they used oh, wow. on um, shit. What is that? What's the name of the album? I don't, I don't remember. But uh, whichever Big one Boom or whatever. Or yeah. Big Bang. Big Bang. Yeah. And I listen. If you if I if I gotta be perfectly honest, I listen to more Hollow Notes now than I listen to Allcast. Uh, than I listen to Outcast. So if you find me on the street in a convertible, blaring. Uh, Maneater, or I can't go for that. Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I would say, I would say Hollow Notes. Just as a, that's just the way I lean in that sense. This hey. is definitely a safe place to have that opinion, yeah. as, uh, as we all are Hollow Notes stands as well. Hell yeah. Two Chains has a good flip on. I can't go for that. I yeah. just heard oh, that wait, like two wait, days ago. Dollar sign. I'm for it. In yeah, the it was good. Wait, what that exists? Yeah, I need it. It's good. I'm also a Ty Dolla Sign stan, so I oh, love same, that. Same. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. Um, Neek. Neek. You're Neek, up. Go. Yes. It's time to eat. So uh, that concludes the lightning round. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I hope you're uncomfortable. It was fun. <laughs> um, so I have a couple hypotheticals because they're fun. Mm -hmm. um, so congratulations you've been offered a deal with a fast food chain of your choosing to make a meal a la travis scott so where is the hotel garuda uh meal and what is it ah uh, okay all right and it has to be like a like a megalodon corporate fast food chain right yes it cannot be like i don't know where you are in the country but like LA. you can't be in and out yeah, okay, it can't, can't be, be in and out. So it has it to be. No, has to be it can't be Nobu. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, okay, it right, has right. to be. Yeah, it can't be Nobu. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be national and embarrassing, honestly. Um. um okay. Uh, I will allow it... you if you're one of those people to bring back certain items off a menu that doesn't exist. Okay. All right. Um. 
shit. Uh, they have Jack in the Box everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, okay. yeah. So probably Jack in the Box, or as I like to call it, Jay in the Bay. Jay in the um, Bay. Of course. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Jack in the Box because I lived uh, a block away from one my senior year in college, which coincided with the sort of like when I was when I started to tour a bunch more and like we started to get booked. Um, I ate a lot of Jack in the Box because I would be up late uh, networking in Hollywood, right? <laughs> networking, 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 hundred percent, networking at clubs in Hollywood, trying to meet people. <laughs> and and I would come home and the, and the only thing that would be open would be this Jack in the Box down the street, and I ate there more times than I would care to admit, and. I feel like everyone in college has that one place you go to too many times and then you're like okay i need to come back to this in a few years yeah. um it, it was like that so i would say they had the they had the munchies meal i forget oh, yeah. what i forget if the, there was like a mozzarella stick item and i forget if it was a sandwich or if it was a wrap or something but there was there was some uh there was a sandwich that had mozzarella sticks and uh like a chicken patty or something in it right um the hotel burrito meal would be that sandwich, mini churros, right, and right. a vanilla milkshake on the side, no whipped cream. Okay. <laughs> no whipped cream. Dip the churros in the milkshake for dessert. And yes. if you're extra spicy like me, curly that fries as well on the side. Dip those in the milkshake prior to the burger. Eat the burger, and then you have this like sort of savory sweet salty sweet action to dip your churros in oh my god bro better remove it's, wow yeah. it, i love that it, it comes remove. with it it's a it comes with instructions meal. too yeah with a yeah it comes yep. with instructions yep. i love it yeah it's a, it's a, it's a there's an entire rhythm to it you eat the fries and they mar they, they kind of like they evolve how your milkshake is going to taste. Yes, it's, it salts the milkshake just yes. in time for the, the churros to be dropped in and for sweeten the it back up. Get involved. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. That's, That's a remove. remove. I like it. <laughs> That's strong. I love that. <laughs> and maybe what, 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 what's the what's the drink? Let's see. Uh, Coca Cola. Oh, the drink is not the milkshake. The drink is not the milkshake. The, the milkshake is dessert. I like it. Oh. Like okay. Yeah. The milkshake is, is, is part of the appetizer and the dessert. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. I, kind of, oh, I yeah. said, I did say, I did say we did the, the link in the chain between yeah. dinner yeah. and dessert. Exactly, yes. exactly. Also, more places should include an appetizer milkshake. Now that Dude, I that's that. what I'm saying. Just like a small, <laughs> like, <laughs> just like half the size of the kid's size. Just to dip yeah. your fries yeah. in. Yeah. Welcome to the nice, nice restaurant. Sit down. Here's a milkshake. Did you start it? <laughs> can we get, can, let me get you some menus. Here's a milkshake. <laughs> um. So, also another hypothetical that I, I mean, I feel like may have been on the show before, but okay. I personally love to insert myself into any given situation, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but. I have invented a time machine and lucky you, you get to go wherever you want, whenever you want, where are you going and when are you going to? Is yeah, that how you yeah, would ask yeah, that question? Yeah. Oh, when are you where, going yeah. and where, where are you, you going? Yeah. Easy. When in time Easy. and where are you going? Easy. I'm not even going that far back, dude. Like, <laughs> He's going in tomorrow. 
he's going he's going to the future <laughs> just tomorrow i'm going to i'm going to daft punk's last live performance Ooh. at a live 2007 sahara tent at coachella that is that will be the one thing that i will regret more than anything else is not being of age yet or not having grown an appreciation of their music yet because the impact that it's had on me as a person as a creative much more uh much more than transcends move your mic up real quick every other every other artist i go. listen to i feel like daft punk is the they're t they it, it oscillates between number one and two for them like for, for me it, it's oscillating between daft punk tame impala alan parsons project those are the, mm. the, the holy trinity for me and Sick. everything else is ancillary everything else is auxiliary to these things yes. to me and daft punk alive 2007 was it was the, the initial swell of a wave before it had even started and everything from that point it like it was forever affected by that pyramid light show the music all of it electronic music changed overnight almost mm -hmm. after that happened mm -hmm. i feel like there were there were inklings of it there were suggestions at times but nothing was fully crystallized realized like that show was mm -hmm. you know even justice 100 percent took cues from daft punk's original uh lighting uh lighting setup and things like that they're very much people who i would consider to be influenced by daft punk and sort of like handheld by them and like coached by them in a sense um absolutely to be a fly on the wall right around these people hanging out would be would be priceless to me um that's probably yeah that's that's by number by, by a long shot i would say that's where i would go in history okay i have a couple oh, yeah. questions and travis i i, I want to pass it to you but i got to drop two questions in really quick no hey man go ahead bro um, I know a lot of people are familiar with your work with uh, the Hotel Gerudo and the project. We also have a lot of listeners that may be hearing you for the first time. Okay. What remix or original, give us an original and a remix that they should start with. Uh, that's hard. That's like, I, I, I'm, I've worked on all of them. So I have to like, it's like picking which which one of your children you like the most right. even though they're like even though they're the kind of children who like you had but you you kind of don't like pay attention to them anymore you know what i mean like once you like once i put so a do song it so out, pick a child like for me <laughs> it should be easy right it should be so easy um i feel like my how i view my own music also changes over time like how i view the stuff i've put out and um the earlier stuff prior to a year and a half ago was all uh, made with Manila Killa, who is my roommate. Uh, and we used to be a duo. Now it is just me. And as such, I feel like people who listen to my music now are definitely conflicted sometimes when they're like, wait, I thought you guys just made house music. I was like, first of all, it's not you guys anymore. <laughs> just so you guys know. <laughs> first of all, it's just me. Um, and as of late, the music has taken a different turn. The music has taken a different meaning, given that I'm the sole creative force behind it. Now, uh, with that being said, the remix that I would start with would be our remix for Ultraviolence by Lana Del Rey. Okay. Um, 
that was the first like big huge remix opportunity we got and we only got that remix opportunity because we did a bootleg remix of summertime sadness by lana del rey we did this bootleg remix and threw it up on soundcloud you know back in the days when people used soundcloud um put it up on soundcloud and it lived there and honestly like our touring career basically is can be traced back to like one or two songs and um i can't speak for chris on this necessarily but chris is manilica right I, I can't speak for him entirely on this but it even uh sort of kick-started the touring side of his solo career mm. and that it's kind of what brought us together it kind of is what gave us our first sort of you know kickstart into touring and into being recognized so that summertime sadness remix catapulted us into doing this lana del rey official remix for ultraviolence still one of my favorite songs we've ever made and we made that song we made that remix in four days because we had just the tightest deadline they i think they they emailed us and they were like hey guys we just heard your we we just heard your remix of summertime sadness and this was like the week before their remix package was due to be turned in for her new album at the time because obviously summertime sadness was an old song by that point summertime sadness remix drops a week later two weeks later we get this email from them they're like hey would you guys be interested in doing a remix off one of her you know off her new album we're like obviously yes we're, you're not gonna pay us no worries dude we'll take the exposure bro we're good we'll take the exposure let's go so so we get the stems and it's like these stems aren't even these stems are, are, are not easy to work with i'll say it's like they're they harken back to an older method of recording and an older method of production there are just a lot of different things baked into a stem that i wished we would have had the chance to separate like we, in the in her vocal stem you can hear parts of the guitar you can okay. hear parts of the drums it's okay. in a very sort of like uh not i don't want to say archaic like it's bad but it's just a more old school method of recording so we had limitations in that sense to work with because we're trying to recreate we're trying to make our own instrumental behind this song and so we slaved over it for three four days straight almost didn't sleep and turned it in and didn't realize that our master bus was clipping the whole fucking time like oh, we, had, no. we had redlined the whole instrumental we had redlined the yeah. whole thing we sent it to them and, and they were like we love it and i was like <laughs> i was like okay cool <laughs> cool <Sick>. let me know <laughs> let me know when you need the let me know when you need the the, the waves and stuff so by the time that that blew over that by the time that they said they liked it i think we had had enough time to like fix the little things and like mix mm -hmm. and master it properly and shit but it was honestly as speedy as finish the song export it send it to the person like that was the speed at which we had to operate at that time so i would say that's a good jumping off point for the remixes as for the originals i don't know what is a good one to suggest off top because i feel like we uh we didn't really know what we wanted to make as artists when it came to original music because we were we were so comfortable in the paradigm of the remix making world where you're already given a song you're already given a structure to work with and it makes that part of the job a lot less guesswork you know what i mean like the the vocal is you know by and away the thing that catches people more than anything and we didn't i don't think we ever fully understood 
how important it how important the songwriting was how difficult it was for there to be sort of a defining original song the way i'll say this with a lot of respect and love the way a lot of our peers had their first or their big first original song break out i say that with respect because i love my boys and i've seen the music my, my friends have made and i can attest to their work ethic so that it doesn't piss me off it just felt like we were kind of shooting uh fish in a barrel or like trying to shoot fish in a barrel and like just trying to get top lines and vocal demos from whatever artist manager would would ha give us their time of day because as it stood we weren't um i mean this is perhaps a conversation for another time but um i think that obviously in electronic dance music there is a bent towards a certain type of looking individual um and that was a paradigm that chris and i do not adhere to so i understand that it was difficult more difficult perhaps to market us and to sell us to the higher ups i understand that i get it everyone's doing their, their job i look back in retrospect and wonder why i was not more pissed off about it at the time right. but i learned from hindsight i learned from hindsight's 2020 you know um i think that had we been given uh had we been made more aware of the sort of tools that were at a lot of people's disposals we may have taken stronger initiative to make a more clinical a more decisive opening statement with, with regards to original music that being said i did release my solo debut ep earlier this year which i'm very proud of i love those songs um the song olivia from that ep is my favorite song that i have made um it's it's the first time i got the chance to sort of pick the team that i was working with and pick the people that sort of influence the overall arc of the ep of the of the songs and i will shill that as the original i will shill olivia as the original to let's to start with because it doesn't sound like any of the older stuff but i feel like it's a greater suggestion of where the music is gonna go going forward than perhaps the older music was does that make sense yeah, absolutely. Sure. absolutely absolutely i do i do want to share a couple of numbers for listeners uh at home 283,910 monthly listeners on Spotify for Hotel Garuda. 22, Those are small numbers. 22 million plays on the Banks remix of Begging for Thread. 22 million on Spotify. That's fucking rad. Those are small want, numbers. We want to commend you for that. Yes. Man. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, guys. Here are your flowers, man. Holy moly. Um, it's scary though it's scary yeah, trying sorry. to live up to numbers you know what i mean like when you have one song pop off you like second guess every single decision you make right. in the works following because you're like is it going to live up to that standard mm. and i feel like a lot of people expected the the first original music that came out from us to hit them as hard as that banks remix did and you know for better or worse i just don't think the songs the, and by the songs, I mean the the underlying song, not the production. I mean the songs were not as good as that Banks song. And I don't think that we, I don't think we quite properly hit our stride as far as songwriters came. As far as the songwriting process goes, I don't think we either of us hit our stride either at the same time or at the right time or together. I don't think we hit our stride at all. We were kind of just relying on other people's songwriting 
to enhance our production or to make way for our production. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it, it's something I learned again in hindsight because I'm a fucking idiot. But I think in hindsight I know that it's it's uh, entirely random when it comes to songs popping off. It's more more random than it isn't. Mm -hmm. And sure. while while I may be able to, you know, uh, while I may have the comfort of my friends telling me they like my songs and my peers validating my work, validation doesn't quite pay the bills. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's a it's a constant tug of war. It's a constant tug of war between am I making this because I want to make it or am I making this because I needed to put a roof over my head or mm -hmm. pay this bill or pay that bill, whatever. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Travis, and we're passing to you. Uh, what's your daily workflow look like? How much time do you dedicate uh, in your DAW or how much time? How, what's, your, what's your schedule look like on a daily basis? Honestly, uh, um, I don't know if this is the right or wrong answer, but my schedule is pretty open-ended most of the time. And I try to like inject it with routine in the ways that I can. Um, so I have I have a Peloton, which is ne next to me. I love my Peloton. I bike the shit out of it. Um, it's the only way I will get exercise because I'm not a big outdoorsy person. I love staying inside, leave the house only to complete the mission, return to the house. Um, I try to I try to work out as much as I can now, um, especially being being that you know I'm indoors all the time and the bike is literally next to my bed. I can get out of bed, get on the bike, and do that before everything else in the day. Um, as far as music making goes, I feel like f I'm okay. It took me a while to realize this, but I'm not just, I'm not one of those kinds of people that like makes music just because making music satisfies me. Um, I think there's, there's kind there's people who make music and it just pours out of them. Like they open Ableton and it just pours out of them. And there are certain people who have to have sort of like a vision, a mental vision board of like what this song means to them and what what they are trying to what they're trying to create that will bring that feeling to them like for me i love i love djing i pride myself more on my abilities as a dj than i do as a producer and that's something i'm that's a balance i'm constantly trying to equalize i'm trying to get better as a producer because i know that i need to live up to the djing that i want to do in my head like the the, the, the shows that i want to play are the the music that i want to make them for you know what i mean right um yeah. yeah so so for me the if i feel like if i feel like it's a day where i'm opening up ableton and i just have something in my head that i need to notate i need to put it down to to the daw um i always ha i have two computers i have this one that i'm uh that i'm chatting with you guys on and i have my workstation with it which is just like a midi keyboard uh, a big curved monitor and and my headphones and if i really feel like i need to just put something down i'll open ableton and do it if i don't i don't i, I don't really force it i don't really have like a a set time in the day to start and stop working i feel like for me it's very much a flow state kind of thing i, I have a hard time clocking in and out of, of music perhaps it's a thing that i could improve my discipline with and i have an appreciation for people who say that just showing up is part of the job. So just just trying, trying something is uh, is more than that could be said for a lot of people. So I make it my mission to at least try to do something 
as often as I can. But, dude, I, I feel like people who make music expect so much out of themselves. And you're constantly weighed by not only your expectations of yourself, but others' expectations of you. And it's it's very difficult sometimes to sort of put that aside and just kind of think, let me empty my brain into this doll. Let me empty my feelings into this doll. It's, it's not often as simple as that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so going back on expectations, so after after your banks hit or after the Lana Direct Lana Deray hits and it and it hits, right? What what is the thought process of going into the studio and, and making your next song? Because are you mm-hmm. are you thinking of making another hit? Or are you thinking, you know, okay, I'm just gonna put out some put out some music and of course, you know, goes with expectations so your friends are going to expect you to make another hit you know Mm -hmm. the industry is expecting you to make another hit what what are you expecting out of that and what is the thought process of of moving past a hit into the next song or the next right i saw i saw a tweet that often finds itself on on my timeline it often gets retweeted into my timeline at like particularly prescient moments and scream right the uk uh the uk artist he tweeted your career doesn't start until 10 years after your first hit Mm. that's when you're that's when you actually have a career because anyone has anyone can have a moment we've seen countless moments come and go we've seen so many that's why the phrase one hit wonder exists Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so i try to take it with a pinch of salt because Maybe back then when I was, you know, 22, 23, um, I don't think I felt, I don't think I understood the expectations that other people had. I kind of just thought we were having fun making music and for some reason people liked it enough to book us to DJ places. So I guess we'll do more of that. I guess like, why complain if the going's good, you know? I don't think I ever really examined the why of it. I don't think I ever really like, either cared or cared enough to question why I was doing what I was doing. It just felt right. It just felt like we were doing what was natural to us at the time. And, you know, as the songs came out, as more songs came out, as we had songs that did well, songs that didn't do as well, you know, that's when the questions sort of start building up in your head about like, why am I doing this? Like, why do, why do I want to, well, like, what makes me open Ableton? Why do I do it on a, on a daily, weekly, whatever? And, I tricked myself into thinking for the longest time that I was someone who made music just because music makes me happy. Like I totally had myself bamboozled and I convinced myself without a shadow of a doubt that I was the kind of person that like just needed to express myself by music all the time. And you know, for better or worse, I think it took this year, this isolation, this quarantine, this like real, like, uh, solitary examination of my of my motive myself to let me sort of like arrive not abruptly not uh embattled it sort of helped me naturally arrive at this conclusion that i could see that there was a direct translation from dj sets Mm -hmm. to wanting to make music to play in those dj sets and wanting to have 
that be the means to the end for me. And I think it crystallized itself this year. And it only it only really sort of made itself clear in the last sort of year and a half where I wanted to go with the music. So I feel a renewed sense of direction, a, re a renewed sense of why I do it, which is good because I don't think I knew why I wanted to do right. it <laughs> for the longest time. <laughs> yeah. So so what, what advice would you give um, producers, up and coming producers, uh, and up and coming DJs. Hmm. Okay. I. This is tough. This is probably this is possibly the worst and the best time to be entering our field, to be entering the live performance field, because one, there are no shows, right? And there are not going to be normal shows for a long time, in right. my opinion. In my opinion things are not going to go back to normal till at least spring 2022 and that's that's a very liberal estimate to me that's my liberal estimate i think things will go back to normal fall of next year fall of 2022 in my personal opinion and i'm not just being a downer i'm just being like man have you seen how it's been bungled at every turn how ev like every subsequent step it's two steps back anyway that's not the point the point is i feel like to producers i would just focus on finding out what you're good at is is really really important and leaning into that and making the most out of it is possibly the best thing you could do let's say you find you make 10 different styles of songs each of which falls under a certain genre like you try make a hundred rap beats make a hundred house beats make a hundred of whatever beats and you know it's hard to look at your own work with a critical uh through a critical lens but maybe you take some time you don't listen to them for you know a week a month two months or whatever make a bunch of things set them aside make another bunch of things set it aside make a bunch of things set it aside and then when you feel like you're you've exhausted sort of the realm the current realms of your creative possibilities you listen back to the things you've made and you pick you cherry pick and you figure out where the the, the nuggets are where the golden nuggets are and sort of use that to find your sound, use that to find your style. Um, I think making more music is the answer to how do I get better at producing? Um, because that's probably the most common question. How do I get better at making music or how do I make my songs sound as good as this song or that song or whatever? Um, obviously there's you know YouTube tutorials, there's endless online resources yeah. to, to like get better at the technical aspect of it but some things are not as cut and dried as turn a knob to this position and you know just let it go yeah. some things you have to it takes sort of like a muscle memory and like a it's an it's a learned connection right it's a yeah. learned uh activity i guess so for producers i would say that i would say make as many things as you can as much as you can until you find that you make 10 great things that sound somewhat similar um call it an album find a manager and you're good <laughs> yeah. um, for djs it's a it's a bit of a different question as well because nowadays any dj can play any type of music and all it takes is a couple of days of digging through spotify and a couple of days of digging through record pools and um you can find what's hot. You can find what's hot right now. You can find 
what was hot last month, what was hot two months ago. And as such, you can you can find the pulse of what people are listening to live and what people expect live. Mm -hmm. And I think we have record pools to thank for the, I think, abundance of people wanting to DJ. Because you, I think I signed up for a record pool before I started touring. I signed up for a record pool literally just because I wanted to download all of these songs that I loved at the time. And it happens coincidentally that we, we we started to tour and started to DJ live after that. But I think a record pool is a great way to sort of keep your ear to the ground. What people are are playing, what people are, what what sort of suggestions are being made about the way that club music, the live DJing is going to go in the near future. So I feel like every every month or two, you'll see a song in a record pool that you click on it you listen to it and you're like oh wait this is different this is not mm -hmm. just like everything else in the pool this is not just like everything else on this list and i don't know paying attention to those things kind of helps you navigate the uh the trend demands mm -hmm. of the of the live dj and consumer right like you you remember you, you guys must remember when fucking panda by designer came out and every edm dj was playing that song because it was in the same sort of tempo range as all of the other trap music and dubstep yeah. music that was in the same sort of swell of popularity at the time. And all it took was one song being mixed a particular way and, you know, a certain rapper and, and a certain flow to make it crossover from audience to audience. So if you find a song in a record pool that you're like, oh, I play at a, this is a random, uh, example but i play at a house night but this is sort of house adjacent not house but this is not that far off from house so i'm gonna test it out play it out in that in that context and valuable experience is, is learned that way that's how you can that's how you sort of like develop your style as a dj is by expressing yourself in your song selection and i think that the technical like literally djing as muscle memory is not that difficult like like I, I recall it. Like I think you and I can both attest to this. Like cause we we've both known each other as DJs for a long time. But if you give a monkey two turntables and a mixer, eventually they'll figure out what the knobs and buttons do. Right. And you know, for a lot of people, that's the end. That's that's like you know, if you figure out how to do the how to do mixing, that's the end of the road for a lot of people. But if you figure out how to tell a story with a mix, how you figure out how to set the arc. Uh, of a mood for a whole night. I mean, that's what separates people who like listening to music and people who can DJ. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. I feel I figure cultivating that sense of energy flow, that ebb and flow that you can that's malleable. You can you can change it with your hands at any given moment. I feel like cultivating that sense is really really important, Absolutely. if not the most important. And I, I like that you touched on record pools because this podcast is brought to you by directmusicservice.com. Directmusicservice.com is the number one record pool in America, in the world. In the run, it up. run it up. Let's well, go. Wearing the shirt too. Fantastic. Yes. Nika's wearing uh, the shirt too. <laughs> Nika's wearing the shirt too. Yeah. Travis, yes, sir. take him to the movie realm. Okay. All right. So I'm, I am the movie buff. We're getting out of the water. We, we, are, okay. we are getting out of the water a little bit. Yes. We're on way out. We're about to dry off. It's almost over. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I am the movie buff of the group. And, okay. Um, we have developed a DJ 
biopic cinematic universe just like that right Perfect. Okay. <laughs> yes just like that so in our dj biopic cinematic universe who is playing you it could be an actor or somebody in the music industry turned actor a la ludicrous dead or alive Um, Kumail Nanjiani, for sure, bro. I, I had a for sure, for sure. He can, he can, he can grow the mustache out, right? Yes, he can yep. grow the mustache right. out. Yep. He's built like a fucking tank. Yes. Which will make people think that I'm built like a tank. You're gonna I'll look great. Yeah. I'll, I'll look great in that sense. Yep. Um. Yeah. Easy answer for me, Kumail yeah. Nanjiani. For and, sure, <laughs> and, and he's Hell about yeah. to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe too. Oh, dude, he's teed the fuck up. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah, he's primed oh. to pop. <laughs> um, I'm with it. I'm with it. That's a great answer. Uh, so along those lines, what movies or TV shows have you been getting into? If you have been, uh, let's say during this pandemic lockdown time, favorite things that I've seen. Um. I watch a lot of soccer documentaries. Okay. So <laughs> I watch Ted, a lot of just Ted like Lasso. Oh, yep, Ted Lasso was great. I love that show. Yeah. I think it is it is what was missing from from like the it, it's what was missing from the TV that I was watching. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I think it it filled a void that was left by Parks and Rec and it's always funny. Yes. I think yes. it filled that void so beautifully for yes. me. Um I love Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Big fan of him. Yes. Um, he's one of the <clears throat> good whites in my book. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Next he's Colin. one of the good whites. Colin is also on that list. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. um, Agreed. Love Jason Sudeikis. He's great in that. Um, I watched the, there's a couple of soccer series called All or Nothing. Okay. So they have one, they have one on Manchester City's 2016 season. Mm-hmm. Tottenham Hotspurs 20 like current season 2019 mm-hmm. they have one on the Brazilian national team going into the last uh Copa America okay. um those documentaries are great I love all of those I've been getting into like true crime docs just Ooh, because yes. of my girlfriend because she's a huge true crime yes. buff yes um I watched uh this isn't a doc this is like a, a dramatization but the murders at Hill House Oh yes, Murder's is Hill that the House. one? Yes, was absolutely. that the one? Murder Hill House. Uh, no, Haunting of Hill House. Sorry, Haunting okay, I'm thinking. What is that? Murders at. Uh, shit. Hold on. Mur- um, murder on. It was on HBO Max. Murder on, on HBO Murder Max. on Middle Beach. Oh wait, okay, so that one I watched and I was very disappointed by it because it was okay, like I haven't watched that yet. Uh, I was just like I don't it know was about it, it, but I haven't watched. It. it was just it was just left unresolved. Yes, and it I was, just it was. Uh, and I have a huge um, shit. I have a bugbear with true crime shits that end unresolved. Like like unsolved mysteries. My girlfriend loves that show. I hate it because they're <laughs> unsolved, <laughs> bro. <laughs> they tell you in the title you should not watch it. If it, yeah, that's for real. <laughs> we all watch I... together. That's funny. <sighs> like resolutions. Okay, oh, I found it. I found it. The one you. I. The one I found that I really liked was The Murders at White House Farm. Ooh. It's a dramatization of some real-life murders that happened in the UK. 
And the crazy dude, the craziest thing is all the actors who play the people who are in the story all look like them. Oh, they wow. look exactly like that. them. I love, when I love that. Shit. Yeah, I love when love the that. casting director gets everything right. I love. Yeah, that. yeah it was fire. Um, what did I see? Cheshire Murders? No, I didn't see that. Um, I dude, I've seen so many true crime things that I can't even name them off the top of my head. I feel like they just go into a bucket in my yes. head where I'm just like, oh, I watched this one now. Cool. Um, I love it. I live for shit that talks about like anything around the Zodiac killer, Ted Bundy, like all the famous okay. serial killer mm -hmm. shit. Mm -hmm. Anything that pops up like that, it's a Netflix original. If it's if it's if it shows the end, Netflix the in the corner, <laughs> I'm in, bro. I'm in. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the uh, really good one? Uh, oh, it's driving me nuts. But the cop, he's going to jail, and he inter he interviews like. Um, Ed, well, oh my god, I'm the worst. He's looking for John Wayne Gacy, I think. And oh, he has oh to yeah, get... yeah, yeah. Um, shit. Fuck. Like, it's a, it's a fictional drama of this cop. No, it's not fictional. It's based on a book. Mindhunter, Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Mindhunter was great. Fire. Solid. Mindhunter mm -hmm. was great, and Man Manhunt is great, too. Did you guys watch The Staircase? Yes. I haven't. Yes. The staircase Colin, was nutty, dude. Colin, I thought you had watched it. Have I? I thought you have. The crazy yes. dude who who writes the books, he's he's like an author, and then all of a sudden his wife turns up like at the bottom of the staircase, dead, and there's blood yeah. all over the place. Oh. He's like, I didn't do he's it. He's like, I'm like, gonna do it. <laughs> well, see, after the Bee Gees documentary, I don't know what I've watched and what I haven't watched. Oh, well, this is well right. before that. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Bee Gees just took me to an oasis where. Oh, dude, same. Yeah. That Dude, BD's doc was so sick. I love that. I mean, I watched that like a couple of weeks ago, but I'm gonna watch it again tonight. It was I so think. good. So we good. have to we have to talk to you about Clubhouse. Oh yes, Chatty House. <laughs> chatty House. I call it Chatty so, House. I'm not really I'm not really in it. Like I have I mean somebody sent me an invite and I'm I'm like I have the app. So like yeah. I get notifications all the time. So and 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 so are in a room talking about something. And 99 percent of the time it's like do I care about this person's opinion about this? <laughs> right. <laughs> One, it's, it's, the first question is, do I care about this person's opinion? Second question is, who is this group of people dick riding right now? Yeah. Why are they dick riding them? Yeah. And, you know, if I'll examine that and it comes to my mind that person is worth dick riding, I'll check it out. But I haven't really, like, <laughs> I don't think I've found anything sort of like sort of stimulating my curiosity in Correct. that sense. Mm -hmm. It just feels like a lot of industry people talking about industry shit. Yes. And that's mm -hmm. Clubhouse. Just that. And we're done. Yeah. Caddy House. <laughs> we're done with that. <laughs> cool. Real quick, on the way out, we have this thing that I've been doing called One Word. Um, I'm going to tell you a word, and you tell us the first word that comes to your mind. It's going to be three quick questions, and then you are on your way, sir. Name, what is EDM in one word? Tired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is Daft Punk in one word? Holy. Okay. I got a couple more, actually. What is Call of Duty in one word? How? <laughs> How? <laughs> What is Jai Wolf in one word? Uh, brown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and
again, what is Hotel Garuda in one word? Browner. <laughs> <laughs> and that is one word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, appreciate you so much. Um, let the people know where they can find you, what you're working on, if you're streaming. Hey, on hold up. He's dropped so many gems. We gotta. I gotta say, appreciate you again, man. The, the gems that you dropped on this episode has been amazing. So, Absolutely. thank you guys. Thank you guys, thank, no, thank thank you guys you. for having me. I appreciate the chat. It was all rather stimulating conversation though i do say so myself uh, glad oh, to have had you. this convo yeah uh let, let 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 everyone know where they can find you what you're working on right now um your favorite restaurant anything you want to talk uh, now is your chance hotel garuda on every platform simple as that twitter instagram facebook i think my website is hotelgarudamusic.net because i didn't have the fucking domain name um for hotelgaruda.com i slipped i missed That's out crazy. apparently apparently a hotel in indonesia actually has that oh wow so okay. as you can imagine i have been getting inundated with the occasional spam email asking me how much it costs for six <laughs> nights at my facility <laughs> this has been honestly for the last six years the only spam i, like, I consistently get is the same email that says how much would it cost for six priests to book seven nights at your facility. <laughs> wow. Over and over. Like every year without fail, I get that email. Every single year. Anyway, wow. reply. you have to reply, right? I don't, dude, I don't know if it's a, it's definitely a bot email because it's a different email address every single time. You should oh. reply with your newest never... single every time. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Peep my mixtape, family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll let you know the price. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, go talk about it on all platforms. That email was collectively sent by Daft Punk, and he never. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my God! It was like it was the a coded box. message. I'm gonna learn about this in 70 years. Like yeah. there's gonna be some documentary about how like oh yeah we we uh, sent a bunch of coded messages to a few people on the internet. <laughs> one of them just sent us one of his songs. <laughs> God damn, bro. Oh, oh I love it. Uh, are you doing the Twitch thing? Can they find you on Twitch? Uh, not 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 very much right now i'm just trying to figure out the music stuff and like sort of uh do some sort of creative direction for myself for the new project um i'm cultivating the vibes influences vibes are being distilled cultivated expanded upon condensed evaporated and so on and so forth um (laughs) yeah percolating percolating new music percolating new ideas new creative things to look out for in the future good oh yeah well, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us, man. Hey, thank you, guys. We'll have you back when, when you when you get your new project out. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah, man. So. I appreciate you guys sitting through my uh, pseudo-scholarly vocabulary. No, man, <laughs> I love it. All gems. All gems. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Um, everyone stay safe. Uh, everyone behave yourselves. Let me take a look at the schedule here. Um Next week, we have DJ Bonix. Big homie. Big homie Bonix. Yeah. Uh, Bonix will be able to share a bunch of Wiz Khalifa stories and Taylor life Bang. on the road with him. Way cooler um, than me. Damn. <laughs> Some Ty Dolla Sign stories, too. Well, this is good because your book ended with uh, We Had Craze two weeks ago. So okay. We're, yeah. We're right there. The, the, nice, the nice in-between from straight rap and drum and bass, chaos... You sit nicely between that because Hell yeah. vibes and yes. uh, and we appreciate that. Amazing. So 
Thank you again, gentlemen. Um, yes. It's been a pleasure. We will see you guys next week. Stay safe, wear your masks, and uh, have a good new year. Mask up. Peace.